Welcome to your seventh BA Supervision, the podcast where we learn about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. My name is Aaron Rajamani, and I'm here with my co-host, Jesse Richardson. Hey, Jesse. Welcome back. G'day, Aaron. How, How you doing? Going? Yeah, I'm good. I am very good. How That's are you? Good. How are you this week? I'm, I'm very well. I'm very excited for today's podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a cracker. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, and uh, for those who might be new, um, yeah, in this podcast we talk about uh, what it's like working in mental health um, to hopefully help out um, people listening who are students or maybe getting new into the field or maybe just wanting to hear something about what it's like in mental health. Yes. Um, yeah. So with ooh. with with beers. Oh yeah, yes. with a very that's, important element yes, that I didn't mention. Nothing like that. I feel like I feel like this, this Aaron. You're you're very much like, hey, let's talk mental health, and I'm just like, yeah, beer, 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 beer. We have very different focuses, but they're both critical to the success of this podcast. <laughs> so I thank I thank you for bringing me back to the point. Yeah, yeah it's, sometimes I get carried away with mental health. You do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Um, before we begin this podcast, something I wanted to do is um, thank all of you who have been listening to us over the past uh, few episodes. It has been awesome. It's really great hearing um, your feedback. Um, it's been um, also really great you know, see that um, people are listening to it and the numbers are growing and people are finding it helpful. Um, definitely gotten uh, messages from people um, mm. thanking us for it and letting us know things that they think we could do or things we could change and things like that, which has been really helpful. Yeah. I was I was overwhelmed, I think, by the amount of, of support and, and just uh, nice messages I've had, had from people and, and some, some of the reviews as well. I was uh, you know, honestly expecting uh, to just be grilled on this one. Um, <laughs> wow. But that, that says a lot more about me than, uh, than the quality of the podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah. I was maybe a little opti- more optimistic, yeah. so that's good. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been really good. Also, ama- um, amazingly, um, we've asked uh, people who have been listening if they enjoyed it or if they didn't enjoy it, whatever it was, to leave us some reviews on Apple, um, on, on iTunes. Mm. Um, and it has, they have, and it has been great. And I've really enjoyed listening, um, reading some of these <laughs> reviews. Um, this is a really quality one that I thought was very important that we share. Um, it's for, it's uh, from Ruby Slippers, uh, three, <laughs> two, one, two. Um, and the and the and the um, comment is titled Hero, H E R R R O, and it's Hero, dear Jesse. This is your future wife, Roz. Love the <laughs> podcast. XO XO kissy face. Yeah. <laughs> so Hello. I mean, we got some passionate listeners. I'm very excited about. Yeah, that, that one. I, I I honestly have no idea how to how to respond to that. Um, Thank you, Roz. Uh, yeah. Feeling the love. Really, appre- really appreciate it, Roz. Yeah, yeah. gem. Um, yeah. Do you want to read out an- another review that we got there? Uh, well, I'm not really sure that uh, any anything will really really top that one. But um, <laughs> but uh, this one is from uh, with the brown rice. Um, whether you're starting a career in mental health or just hanging out to hear about a new beer, these guys are great to listen to because you'll learn a lot and have a laugh while doing it. And um, I really like that one because I guess that's really what we're um, we're, we're trying to achieve here at, at Beer Supervision. I mean, the beer is really only a means means to an end. Um, we we yeah. are trying to, I guess, help help people learn about what it is like working in mental health as an early career clinician. And if you've been listening to the other episodes, we we like to do that with a bit of a bit of a joke and. Yeah, in a, in a laughy sort of that's way. actually so good. Yeah. Maybe that should be the tagline for our podcast. Probably better than what I came up with. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you with brown rice. I'll yeah. take that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I hope it's not copyrighted. Yeah. Um. Anyway. But, um, uh, yeah. Who was cool. who, Aaron? Mm. Did you hear someone laughing before? I don't know. Just, just like, a, like a like a, a slight giggle in the background, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah just, uh, there it is again. <laughs> Amazing. Who's, who's that, Aaron? Well, that is our exciting guest for this week, um, Dr. Ajit Kumar. Um, he's a consultant child psychiatrist. Oh, so um, so not not just a doctor. Not just a doctor. That's an in joke for people who haven't listened to it. Episode Listen to the three. third episode. Yeah. It's a good episode. Get on it. Anyway, <laughs> um, amazingly. More than just a doctor. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Um, so much more. A good friend of ours as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very excited to have him on the podcast uh, this week. Say hello, yeah. Ajit. Hello, Aaron. And uh, hello, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me today. Uh, and uh, I have been listening to your uh, previous podcast and... Uh, uh, they are so much fun to listen to. Oh, thank you, Ajit. Yeah, uh, especially. Are you with the brown rice? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, uh, means I, yesterday I was listening, and uh, you know uh, how you uh, make this podcast not too f- too formal, yeah. and uh, it is interspersed with uh, uh, with uh, you know discussions uh, about. Uh, um, beer or about other stuff i think that's uh, that's uh, you know very nice and uh, very easy to follow how about you um maybe just tell us a bit about um i guess where you came from like how you got to the field you're in what kind of work you do and you know i guess something about like why you care about it that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, very interesting question uh, aaron uh, you know uh, i come from india and uh, i come from uh, uh, a city, uh, but uh, uh, me and my family have house in the outskirts of that city, and that city is called Ranchi. Uh, and and the, the small town that uh, uh, that uh, we lived in is called Kanke. So, uh, so in in Kanke, when when Englishmen were there, uh, they built two of the biggest mental health asylum in Kanke. Mm. And, wow. uh, and and they are still uh, working. They are still functioning. Right. Uh, so very big asylum with uh, uh, maybe 2,000 uh, beds or something like that. And, uh, right. And uh, uh, so it had uh, 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 one asylum for men that was very, very big and a bit smaller asylum for women uh, uh, facing each other. And there was a road in the middle. So I used to take that road to go to school oh. uh, and, <laughs> wow. and I used to take that road to go to school and uh, you know uh, a, in a place like India and I think in many developing countries uh, uh, there is so much stigma about uh, uh, mental illness and it was much more so when I was growing up mm-hmm. so you would see uh, people uh, brought in mentally ill people chained uh, and tied in ropes or beaten uh, because they they have become violent or they are shouting or swearing and all those things so wow. so so you would uh, so i would walk to the school or i would uh, i would uh, uh, ride my bike to the school but it was not uh, 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 unusual to see some of the patients just uh, waiting for waiting outside the hospital for for them to be seen uh, by by the doctor psychiatrist so that had uh, a quite uh, big uh, impact on my mind actually so when I went to medical school, 
uh, I uh, I kind of uh, uh, when I was almost finishing medical school, I thought um, that I would uh, become maybe one of the three specialists. Mm. One was uh, psychiatrist. The other one was uh, pediatrician because I like to work with children, and the third one was uh, endocrinologist because uh, my father had uh, uh, type one diabetes, and uh, you know, with all the complications, he 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 had it for thirty five, forty years. Mm. Uh, so so, but it so happened that when I finished my medical school, I was invited uh, by Cochrane Schizophrenia Group, uh, which was based at that time in uh, University of Leeds in the UK. So I went there and uh, I started doing research, got to know quite a few people, published few papers, uh, and, and then it became much more easier for me to go into psychiatry. Okay, uh, yeah. uh, so, sure. so it was kind of a natural transition, so to say. And, uh, and then I finished uh, my basic psychiatry training. And uh, uh, as I said, that I always wanted to work with children. So I thought, why not combine these two, psychiatry and, uh, yeah. and pediatrics. And so that's why I specialized in child psychiatry. Right, yeah, oh, came awesome. together. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. I, what, you know what I like most about, about that story, Ajit? Sorry? You know what I'm, I like most about that story? It's um, you are probably the most worldly guest that we've had on the podcast so far. <laughs> uh, like yeah. The Ukraine, yeah. um, India, uh, Leeds... <laughs> And <laughs> now Australia. <laughs> Leeds isn't a country, though, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's like yeah, England, UK. England, <laughs> the yeah. UK. Yeah. yeah, I'm not good at geography. Um, and and I really like that, and I th- I think that's that's really exciting. Um, and I used that as a really good opportunity to get you a beer that really matched just how worldly you are. <laughs> now, Ajit has been in Australia for about a year now, haven't yeah. you? And I learned recently that Ajit has never tried a VB. <laughs> and so today I got us a Victoria Bitter for our drink. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is a this is a, probably a personal favourite of mine, so I'm, I'm eager to hear how... Uh, yeah. Your thoughts on it, did you? Did yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before uh, before I open the can, I would just say that uh, uh, that uh, when earlier today we were uh, discussing about beer, uh, I I was forewarned by uh, one of our very good uh, colleagues uh, that uh, that uh, you know be careful when when uh, you are going to drink uh, uh, VB. Blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, so, uh, and and uh, I, I think I was telling uh, you earlier, uh, Jesse, that when I was uh, in the UK, uh, you know, whenever it came uh, uh, about Australian beer, the the beer that was most famous was Foster's. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, that that was you. You would say that on on TV and billboards yeah. and all those things. I know, like there was a Simpsons episode, uh, Simpsons episode that really, um, I think, got around the Foster's. But I don't even think I've ever had a Foster's. Really? Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah, because um, I mean, I, I think it's more popular in like new south wales maybe but maybe. even then not as yeah. that i don't know Actually, i don't know so i feel like i feel like vb really captures the yeah. uh, the aussie spirit. because uh, in, in the uk you know uh, they made you feel like that the whole australia's favorite beer is yeah. fosters <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I'm pretty sure, like, in New South Wales, they drink, like, twoies or something like that. Isn't oh, that like, we don't need to. No. <laughs> we don't need to no. care about New South Wales. No, we'll, worry about, <laughs> yeah. we'll worry about that when we record a podcast in New South okay, Wales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Sweet. But let's, but, uh, let's get to the cracking. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh, that's 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 cheers. Oh, that's, uh, I love that. Yeah. So this rating is going to be <laughs> really dependent on Ajit because I think we both have a have a bias to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Jesse won't admit it, but he's clearly. Highly biased in favor of VV. <laughs> uh, no, this is a, this is a nice beer, actually. Thank you, Ajit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, oh, there wow. we go. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah, right. All right. That's, yeah, I mean, uh, that's fine. I have uh, drunk uh, uh, different beers in in the UK. Maybe here I haven't got much experience, but uh, uh, but yes, it is uh, it is very nice. Okay. 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 Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it till the end. See if by the end if you still have the same opinion or not. <laughs> uh, Who's the biased one here? I'm not. I'm not I'm, I haven't lost <laughs> He's yet. He's giving you a really nice impartial sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, description. No, I don't know of, what you're talking of, about. I don't, I don't know what, what he mean. likes, and you're just no, yeah, no. <laughs> it's fine. Wow. There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. Um, how about we? get cracking on the topic for um, this evening. So um, a lot of the work, um, from my understanding, that you have done in the past, um, especially in your research and one of your areas of interest, is in regard to um, psychosis and psychosis yeah. in young people. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, so I think that would be great um, to pick your brain a bit and talk a bit about psychosis. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that I think that's a, a great topic um, that I guess a lot of people would love to learn about, um, but don't necessarily know where to start or how to go about learning something about that. Um, so how about we start with just, I guess, what is psychosis? Because um, it can be maybe a bit of a like a vague term, like people may not really know what to really associate with the term psychosis. It can just, I think for some people, maybe it just means to be crazy or something like that. Mm. Like what is it like psychosis actually Mm. So psychosis is is an umbrella term mm. uh, that is used uh, uh, for a group of uh, uh, mental illnesses uh, that are characterized by uh, alteration in thoughts and perception. Okay. Uh, so uh, most of the people, when when uh, uh, you know you talk about psychosis, so most of the people think of schizophrenia. Okay, uh, but uh, there are other illnesses as well, which uh, come under uh, uh, the umbrella of psychosis. For example, delusional disorder okay, or uh, depression with psychosis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's a kind of an umbrella term uh, and which is, uh, which is used uh, for, uh, for few different uh, uh, mental illnesses. Uh, so with, with psychosis, we know that uh, 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 that when we talk about psychosis, we are talking about uh, you know some of the severe mental illnesses that we know. Okay. For example, uh, schizophrenia or delusional disorder. Uh, we know that uh, uh, that uh, mm, the worst mental illness that anybody can have is is schizophrenia. In terms of uh, not only uh, uh, what it does. To you, in the sense that generally people get this illness uh, in their late teens, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and then uh, f- for a significant proportion of people, this remains a lifelong illness, and uh, uh, that uh, uh, kind of uh, 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 abrupts 
your normal life your education your career your family so 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 what we are talking about is is a very very significant illness that uh, has got very big impact on people who who suffer from it okay um and what like what kind of um i suppose what would you say is there a cause or is there um what would you say is the thing that is that something that we know in terms of how it's caused and why some people get it and some people don't and don't yeah know. so again that is a, a very interesting question uh what we know that uh, uh the genes do play a role here but we haven't been able to find any single gene that uh, that would uh, uh, ensure that uh, the person with that gene gets schizophrenia what we have found out it's the cumulative effect of many different genes okay that uh, uh, that can uh, make a person vulnerable to develop uh, schizophrenia and uh, it is uh, uh, not only genes that uh, uh, that play uh, the role in in somebody getting schizophrenia but it's a uh, interaction of genes with the uh, uh, with the uh, life events mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh and for example uh, if somebody is vulnerable uh to have schizophrenia for example if the somebody has got family history of schizophrenia so they are anyway more susceptible mm. they are more at risk they are yeah. more vulnerable and if something uh, uh, uh happens in their life that is uh, uh that causes significant stress uh for example bereavement or uh, for example uh losing a house or losing a job and or or such things uh, that can trigger this uh, process uh, of of schizophrenia uh in in younger people we we know that uh, cannabis uh is uh, is is one of the uh, illicit drugs that uh, uh, uh that is very very bad for them uh if somebody is using cannabis regularly before the age of 15 it increases the chance of getting schizophrenia by four times than the general population uh and uh, uh, and that is because what we know that uh, you know late adolescence is the time where brain is going through a lot of changes it's the very vital time for the development of the brain mm. okay. so so most of the mental illnesses you will see generally start during this time mm-hmm. yeah uh, so uh, but uh, if you are vulnerable to it and if you give it uh, kind of if give it a lot more stress for example smoking cannabis or uh, uh, you know s- sometimes uh, we we see our children who who have got very difficult life who who have had traumas and all those things so that can trigger that process of uh, mm. of schizophrenia okay so it's like kind of like um you know with with gene expression how um you can be i guess um have have that vulnerability or or um predisposition say to uh schizophrenia or or psychosis but then um they're only switched or like those those genes are kind of only switched on under under the right sort of environments or stresses is it kind of like that or yes 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 so um so mostly it happens that, that that there has to be some interaction between between the genes and uh, the life circumstances yeah. uh but we also know that uh, uh you know if, if, when we talk about identical uh, twins uh, where they their genes are exactly the same mm. uh we know that uh, uh that 
even though two identical twins are uh, brought up separately in separate uh, uh, places, but still uh, they have got one in four chances of getting schizophrenia. So if one identical twin has schizophrenia, the second identical twin has got one in four chance okay. of getting schizophrenia. Even though they have never met with each other, they mm. are uh, brought up in totally different environment. Mm. The uh, non-identical identical twins, uh, this uh, uh, if one non-identical twin has got schizophrenia, then the other one has a risk of uh, one in eight. Yeah, okay. So, so... Yeah, genes genes do play a very very significant role, but uh, uh, but yes, I would agree with you that something needs to happen to trigger it. Yeah, uh, uh, and whether it is uh, life stresses, whether whether it is something like uh, drugs or or anything else. Yeah. So, huh? so take away from that, if there's any uh, any teenagers listening, don't do drugs, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay away from that stuff. It's not, oh, not good for you. So, how about we get a bit more specific, um, especially for people who maybe don't really know much about this topic, what are the kinds of, like, what are the symptoms or things you might observe in someone who maybe is having some of the early signs that they might have psychosis or something like schizophrenia and what that, what might that develop into? And so you'd be like, okay, this is a case that you would say is probably, um, psychosis or schizophrenia. Yeah. So, uh, uh, psychosis or, or schizophrenia uh, per se, uh, it can start any time in life. Mm. But we know that most of uh, the cases start uh, uh, in late adolescence. So, for example, 16 to, to 25 mm. is kind of uh, the time where most uh, uh, people start with uh, schizophrenia. Uh, what we know that uh, when uh, when young people are starting with uh, schizophrenia they do not always present with uh, uh, very uh, clear cut symptoms that can help people to diagnose schizophrenia for example you know in later years uh, when when people are starting with schizophrenia they can sometimes present with acute symptoms of hallucinations delusions and or paranoia and all these things and that becomes easier to to kind of diagnose them and start treatment as soon as possible mm. but with younger people especially in adolescents their uh, their uh, uh, the illness can start very insidiously and mm. uh, or, or maybe they initially they, they might have these symptoms that they are withdrawn or uh, uh, they have sleep difficulties uh, or they do not want to talk to anybody, uh, hmm. or they are a little bit disturbed, and sometimes you know parents can can uh, take it as the adolescent uh, behavior that that it is just the yeah. adolescent. And I was I was just thinking as you were <laughs> saying that you could probably see the like the grin on my face. I'm just sitting here thinking like you've just rattled off all of those things. I'm like. Not just like, that's, that's a teenager for you, right? There. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all have they all have psychosis. <laughs> yeah. No. So. Uh, so, so that's how generally uh, uh, teenagers start with uh, schizophrenia. But what we also know, you know, two things. One thing is that the earlier you start symptoms of schizophrenia, worse the prognosis and more difficult it is to treat. Okay, right. So uh, that is one thing. And, and the second thing, uh, we use a term called DUP, duration of untreated psychosis. Mm -hmm. So the longer 
this DUP is, duration of untreated psychosis, where's the prognosis? Right. So earlier you start treating, better uh, is the outcome. But uh, uh, so, uh, you know, when, when we see uh, uh, people with schizophrenia, mm. uh, uh, we, we like to come to some sort of uh, diagnosis as soon as possible. Uh, and start treating them because we know that earlier we start the treatment, the better. But uh, but because of uh, how schizophrenia starts in adolescence, uh, uh, you know, as I gave you uh, the examples that uh, withdrawing into the into the room, uh, sleeping difficulties, uh, uh, kind of not not talking to anybody, and and all sorts of things. Uh, so so sometimes it becomes very, very difficult and they only come to the attention of uh, a child psychiatrists quite late. Yeah, so it's, um, it's important that they get, um, that the illness gets picked up on quickly, but the signs in the early stages of young people are really difficult to pick up sometimes. I guess it's a combination. So it's not just that they're withdrawing, but it's like a significant withdrawal. Mm. Their functioning is really declining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess also maybe if they have like some of the risk factors, like or having a family history of yeah, psychosis. family history, or maybe they are mm. smoking cannabis, mm. uh, uh, you know, things like that, or taking any other drugs. Yeah, so, so so that's around the time where you'd be thinking about okay, maybe this is something that we need to get checked out to make sure that this isn't the precursor to um, more uh, more significant symptoms of psychosis yeah. down the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. all right. Right. Especially, as you said, that if there is a, a strong family history of schizophrenia or psychosis, then kind of this should uh, uh, alarm parents or the carers mm. uh, about any any significant change in behavior or presentation that uh, uh, that they, they need to seek help. Yeah. Mm. So for, maybe for anybody out there listening who's... who's you know, maybe struggling to wrap their head around, like, well, what is what is normal teenage withdrawal from like um, doing things, and what is what is more, um, you know, significant psychotic symptoms? Um, yeah, like, how, how, what would you what would you be looking at, um, you know, looking for to, to tease out the two? Yeah, we we have all been teenagers, and uh, and uh, if we remember our teenage years, you know. Uh, this is the time that uh, uh, we are embarrassed of our pa- parents. Mm, mm, yeah, I've, I've tried to forget most of my teenage years. <laughs> but, um... So we are embarrassed of our parents and we think that we know everything mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they are just being unreasonable, Yeah, <laughs> whatever they say. Uh, friends are, uh, are, the, uh, are the people uh, who, who love us most <laughs> and, uh, and uh, know us best <laughs> yep. sort of thing. So uh, when, when we are talking about normal uh, teenage years, you know, it might be that uh, at home uh, uh, the young person is behaving I- I- in a way that, uh, uh, that, that is quite typical of teenagers, you know, uh, uh, staying in the room, playing video games or ch- chatting with friends. But uh, you will see that, uh, that when the other interests that, uh, that the young person has, for example, going and meeting friends or, uh, or uh, uh, playing video games or, or online with, uh, with other friends or going on a night out or, or, uh, or going to school regularly and uh, you know, having, having fun there. Mm. So those things should, should kind of give you some sort of indication that, okay, he's only like this at home. He's, uh, he, otherwise, he's, he's fine. Uh, so the decline should be across all kind of scenarios. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, but when you see that uh, the, 
the child's functioning is declining everywhere then mm. that should raise uh, the alarm that uh, uh, that yes yeah, something is not right and if you are getting reports from schools that uh, uh, child is very withdrawn or uh, uh, doesn't like to talk to anybody or missing school for prolonged period of time uh, so so these things should uh, should raise our alarms okay and i i know there's um with psychosis there's like the term of um negative symptoms and positive symptoms so mm-hmm. what we're talking about at the moment from understanding is what you would call the negative symptoms where there's kind of like a decline in the person's functioning um but there's also i guess um positive symptoms which i suppose um for people maybe not familiar with psychosis would probably be more familiar with those kinds of symptoms um what kinds of things might start to develop as, if um the psychosis develops further or develops into um a schizophrenia or a delusional disorder yeah so um uh, uh, as as you said that that there are two mm. types of symptoms yeah. uh, positive symptoms and negative symptoms of psychosis or schizophrenia mm. and by positive symptoms um, we mean that the add on symptoms that people get yeah mm. for example new new things mm. uh, hearing voices or seeing things or becoming paranoid when we talk about negative symptoms we are talking about something that is lacking that that was already there mm. but uh, 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 but the person that that is kind of taken away for okay. example the yeah. person person used to be happy but uh, the person has become apathetic the person has uh, very low motivation uh, uh, and uh, a kind of person can't see the future and uh, and so on and so forth uh interestingly uh, the, the the treatment that we have available at the moment for schizophrenia or psychosis works very well with uh, uh, with positive symptoms but mm. negative symptoms the treatment of negative symptoms is still very very difficult it's kind of holy grail of psychiatry that right. uh, that uh, you know <laughs> uh, very very difficult to treat yeah uh, the best uh, um, antipsychotic best medicine that we have got to treat negative symptoms is uh, clozapine Mm. but uh, clozapine you know comes with its own uh, uh, side effects and you have to have regular blood blood monitoring and all those things mm. so uh, so not everybody can be prescribed uh, uh, clozapine yeah so uh, so and and we know that uh, longer somebody suffers from uh, schizophrenia uh, more chances the person might end up getting negative symptoms okay uh, and that affects quality of life uh, very significantly Okay. Yeah, cuz like um so my understanding is like positive symptoms for schizophrenia might be um like visual hallucinations yeah, or auditory hallucinations yeah. or a, a strange taste or okay. or feeling on 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 the skin something like that. Yeah. So like pretty much every like it could possibly be any sense that yeah. we have something that's not it's called like a perceptual disturbance it's not yeah. quite actually mm. there yeah, yeah like strange smell and so on mm right okay yeah and i I've, i've something i've noticed is that um for a lot of people um being treated with um these kinds of illnesses um that in some sense the medication you want that to reduce the amount of like the amount of symptoms they're experiencing but they it may not actually completely remove the symptoms um like is is that like what is the kind of goal when you're trying to treat psychosis like like what 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 what's what are you trying to achieve and like how do you go about that uh, yeah so 
you know, in in all cases, we would like or mm. we we try to uh, try to treat the symptoms uh, as much as possible. Mm. But uh, uh, you rightly said that uh, uh, there is a significant proportion of people with schizophrenia who who would not uh, have a resolution of all the psychotic symptoms. Uh, so maybe a ballpark figure is something like that, that uh, if you t- uh, treat uh, 10 people, so one third of people uh, you will treat and uh, they will uh, become better and for the rest of their life they will be fine. Uh, one third will, uh, will have you know, fluctuating symptoms depending on how, how things are going and the last one third will, will have uh, 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 a significant amount of uh, psychotic symptoms for for the rest of uh, their lives so uh, so yeah so th- when we when we talk about medication we mm. we try our best to 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 get rid of those disturbing symptoms as much as possible but uh, uh, but uh, many a times it is it is not possible mm. uh, and and that's why th- that's where uh, you know psychological input comes into play uh, that uh, 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 for example you are treating somebody for auditory hallucinations or, or paranoia and medication is working it is the right medication but hasn't taken away all the uh, 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 you know all the symptoms but uh, uh, then you add psychological therapy for example uh, cognitive behavioral therapy or cognitive remediation therapy to to kind of help us and understand about these uh, these symptoms, these residual symptoms, and and that can help them kind of deal mm. with uh, with these residual symptoms. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys haven't been hearing my <laughs> immense amount of burping throughout <laughs> this whole thing. This is one point yeah. deducted from VB. Oh come too on, many, too many too many burps. Why even this say it's a, one point? Why even say it's one point deducted when you have no <laughs> intentions of giving it even one star rating? <laughs> Like, just don't it. No, I am just, just stop. treating the beer on its merits. Treating it on its merits is mm. the best thing you've ever drank. Actually, no, that's not true because I don't believe that. Oh, no? No, no. no I mean, I, I do love a good VB, but um, oh. it's it's not my favorite beer. No. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll take that as a concession. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. Wait, it's, it's, I mean, it's a nice beer. I also feel like, Aaron, we're, we're probably not drinking it at the right time. Or the right quantity. Let's be real here. I wanted to get us long necks, but it's not 20 to 8 in the morning. So, um, <laughs> um, so of course, you're going to have to get rid of a couple of things on that anyway. So, um, no, no, that's actually probably a really good time to give a bit of a spiel about responsible drinking of alcohol. Um, here at Beer, Su- Beer Supervision, uh, we only practice the most responsible drinking of alcohol. And so, uh, first of all, we wouldn't be recording this podcast at 20 to 8 in the morning because... Um, I just don't think we're that. Yeah, no, um, I, that, um, I that's it's not the it's not the beer drinking o'clock. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. No. And um, and yeah, we wouldn't be drinking long next either because that's more than just one <laughs> one standard drink. You're very yeah. specifically walking back your joke there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Can't can't get called out for these things yeah. and, and act <laughs> no. as though I'm promoting the irresponsible drinking of alcohol. No, no, no. We don't uh, want to besmirch a yeah. good name. We, don't, we, don't, <laughs> we, we read out all those nice ratings before the, like, you know, the meat of this podcast. I, I would hate to see one that said, and actually, no, now that I say this, someone's going to do it. I would hate to see one that, that, oh, <laughs> that gave us one on like a, 
the the beer. I think Ross is gonna leave us. Uh, a yeah, very I, specific, I, uh... I just broke broke Ross's heart. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, so good. All right. So back to it. Back to the wonderful world of psychosis. Um, so Ajit, um, you don't only uh, treat um, and work with people, um, young people with psychosis, and um, support our team with that. Um, you also do research into psychosis. Yes. Yeah, so uh, my special interest, uh, uh, my research interest, is mainly looking into the treatment of uh, psychosis in uh, children and uh, adolescents. Uh, as I said to you earlier, that uh, uh, you know, when we talk about children, we are talking about uh, uh, children up to the age of thirteen. So. Uh, uh, it's called if if they start with uh, 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 with psychosis or schizophrenia, we call it very early onset schizophrenia, and that is extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, in in adolescents from the age of thirteen to eighteen, uh, we call it early onset uh, uh, psychosis or schizophrenia. And uh, 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 as as I told you uh, earlier, that uh, uh, that see, I'll give you a number if. Uh, if that that is that helps, at thirteen years of age, point mm-hmm. nine people or sub, one child mm. out of one thousand will get schizophrenia, but at the age of eighteen, seventeen or eighteen, mm. it will be about eighteen children out of ten thousand will be diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia. So at okay. thirteen, it's one in ten thousand. In ten thousand, okay. At eighteen. It's about eighteen, okay. seventeen to eighteen kids uh, in ten thousand. Mm. So, right. so you know, as as they they grow up in late adolescence, the the prevalence of or incidence of uh, psychosis increases uh, significantly. Mm. Yeah. So, but it so it is reasonably rare, I suppose. Or would like how would you describe like because like what one in ten thousand or eighteen thousand sounds like a pretty small number, I suppose. So it's a pretty yeah, I think is it's it, point, it, 0.9%. No, uh, not 0.9, 0.9. <laughs> I was about to praise yeah, you for your math yeah. skills, but no, I retract. God, no, I stopped up. <laughs> I guess it, point, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so it, it, it is much less than, uh, than what you get in adults. Yeah. For example, in adults, uh, it's uh, 1%, so 1 in 100 people. Right, okay, yeah, so it goes yeah. up quite significantly. Yeah, yeah quite, okay. goes up quite uh, significantly. Uh, but, uh, you know, what we know that uh, as an adolescent, uh, uh, if if somebody has got schizophrenia, uh, the prognosis is generally not very good. And uh, and uh, longer we wait to start the treatment, worse the prognosis and long-term functioning. Mm. So, uh, uh, so it is very, very important that... Uh, we identify those cases yeah. in adolescents as soon as possible mm-hmm. and start treatment. Uh, we we have here and in 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 the UK we had early psychosis service and here we have early psychosis service and uh, and generally uh, they they have the uh, cutoff is sixteen to I, I think thirty five or something. Yeah. So uh, uh, so you know we know that after. 16 the the chances of getting uh, schizophrenia increases significantly mm. 
mm. and up to the age of 25 so a lot of the people who start with schizophrenia will start schizophrenia before the age of of 25 right okay yeah and uh, uh, and uh, 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 a significant or maybe a proportion of those people will start schizophrenia before they turn 18 yeah okay all right that's interesting cuz um, i think something that i have had to learn and figure out and i know that um a lot of other maybe like mental health professions that don't work in with psychosis cl- um clients or very often potentially um struggle maybe to differentiate um when some symptoms are psychosis mm. or whether they're something else so for like the example that comes to mind is sometimes people with anxiety um can have uh, can hear um auditory hallucinations like they might hear yep. so- someone saying something or when they're particularly stressed or something like that or or people who are very very depressed severely depressed they can mm. they can have these uh, paranoid thoughts and uh, and auditory hallucinations and things like that yeah so h- how like maybe in, in terms of like maybe some practical tips um how might someone kind of differentiate okay this is something that is maybe transitory or something related to a different mental illness or something that yeah wouldn't you shouldn't be too concerned that maybe it'll be psychosis or something that's like okay this is very likely more likely to be psychosis than not and you should get, get them to go see someone about it or is, or is it you should you get them to see someone in any case uh see uh, i think uh, uh, the blanket advice would be that if if anybody is suffering from a uh, uh, mental illness or they think that they need some help with their mental health mm. they should go and seek help right you know, whether it is uh, it is their gp whether it is local hospital whether it is local psychiatrist or whoever mm. uh, and, uh, and and that's what uh, we we should encourage people to do as far as uh, uh, you know identifying whether somebody has got psychosis or schizophrenia or is not uh, at times it it can be quite difficult but uh, uh, you know so you have to uh, take into account different factors for example is there a strong family history of uh, uh, schizophrenia yeah uh, is is there a, is there an illicit drug use mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and also in case of uh, adolescents uh, it is very important to get uh, uh, collaborative history mm. you know, uh, co- collateral history Okay. yeah collateral history from uh, carers of pa- from parents that how their functioning has declined over a period of time okay yeah what has come first mm-hmm. has the uh, depression come first mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, these all these uh, psychotic symptoms have emerged or has it started with the psychotic symptoms and uh, uh, and and uh, the the current presentation uh, is like that mm. uh, but uh, still uh, you know as i was saying to you earlier that uh, uh, sometimes when adolescents are starting with uh, with psychosis so they can present with symptoms that can mimic kind of uh, normal adolescent behavior mm-hmm. so so sometimes you know for, even for parents it is it is very difficult to gauge that whether it is normal adolescence or yeah. whether it is something abnormal and, and we should go and seek help mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's it's really yeah i mean especially if you're not trained it's it's very difficult to make a good judgment call on that so you should just speak to someone who might know a bit better and then mm. they like so like maybe see the gp and then the gp might escalate it to somebody else and 
on yeah. and on. Yeah. I think um, I think Aaron like so a lot of the, a lot of the ones we tend to see in in, in our work is um, you know we'll, we'll get a lot of referrals uh, saying that you know the young person is hearing voices, mm. um, and that that tends to be the most common one. I, I notice um, a lot more of hearing voices rather than than seeing things, and um, I think one 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 question that I I really like asking, which I, I think can be really quite useful when you when you get a referral that says a young person is hearing voices, is um you know where, where, where do you hear those voices coming from? Are they are they coming from in inside your head, as though um, you know they're they're in your head and, and your thoughts, or, or or they sound more like the conversation we're having here? Like you're hearing that as though I'm talking to you in a room, um, and that noise is coming from more of an external source. Um, I think that can be a really useful which one is which? question to ask. I still haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, <coughs> again, again uh, that, that is a very good uh, yeah. question, actually. Mm. What we know that uh, people with schizophrenia who uh, really hear voices, who complain of hearing voices, mm. they actually hear voices as, as if they are coming from outside mm. and, uh, and they are hearing those voices through their ears. Yeah. Uh, uh, many times, you know, we see young uh, 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 young people uh, with uh, depression, with anxiety, with uh, chronic self harm, and they complain of hearing voices, uh, and uh, and they they will say that okay, this comes from inside my head, mm. Mm. and and also the nature of the voices also uh, uh, differentiates. Yeah. You know, when, when we are talking about psychosis and schizophrenia, so generally we, we talk about second and third person auditory hallucinations. So second person, so there is a voice directly talking to you. Mm. And uh, third person auditory hallucinations that two voices are talking among themselves about you. Right, okay. Yeah. So so these are pathognomonic signs, symptoms Ooh, of that, schizophrenia. That's a word. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a mnemonic. That's a mnemonic. Yeah, right, yeah. That's a not, not a word I know. <laughs> yeah, um, sounds very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but uh, when uh, when we see people who complain of hearing voices inside their head, um, most times, you know, uh, or most times they're not. You will uh, you will when you explore, they will say that they have got derogatory voices about their self esteem, about mm. how they are not uh, worthy mm. of. Uh, of uh, good life or or of living and all those things so so you get some sense that uh, you know uh, looking at the background of uh, of the person that uh, where it might be coming from and that helps you to to differentiate mm. yeah okay. oh, sorry, I so no, I, was, I was um I was just kind of thinking back as you were saying that to when when I was studying um, my, my master's uh, we when we were you know, learning about psychosis uh, a really useful exercise that they got us to do was we were, um, you know, in, in groups of three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one person role-playing the therapist, the other person role-playing the, um, the person who was psychotic, and then a, a third person um, role-playing um, or, or like, yeah, acting as the, the voice of the person. And so like uh. sitting, sitting behind them mm-hmm. and then just as they're having that conversation, just saying things to them um, that, that might, um, you know, m- mimic what it would be like to be. Um, psycho psychotic and so things like you know oh they're they're judging you there um, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know it's it's a bit hard and, I can't and, think of and, an example uh, off, off you the know, top of my functional head, MRI mm. has shown that uh, in in people with schizophrenia who hear these mm. auditory hallucinations uh, the part of the brain that uh, uh, that uh, understands these voices when when we hear any voice mm. and process processed by part of the brain mm. so yeah. that shows that even when 
when they are saying that they are hearing voices and yep. nothing is around is still that part mm. of the brain brain lights up yeah. right so so uh, mm. so it, it is actually for them it is it is a real experience yeah, the yeah. brain is actually processing it as yeah. audio coming into yeah, yeah 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 so so that's why it is so real for them and mm. so distressing yeah mm. right and yeah and it's um like you know no matter what the source is like cuz like i know like um there are people who ex- hear voices um as a result of uh, maybe trauma or maybe because um of high anxiety or something like that as a result of having um autism spectrum disorder mm-hmm. or something like that and yeah for especially for young people but like um de- whenever you develop this it's it's a very foreign experience and so you may not have the language to be able to communicate what it is you're feeling and so if you've heard the language of hearing voices or like you know this someone s- saying something to me or I'm hearing voices that's the language you might use because you don't have any other language but then sometimes you might ask them well like describe them to me and maybe you give them some of the language like oh is it is it more like a strong thought in your head or something like that and then they'll be like oh yeah that's that better describes what i'm mm. experiencing as opposed to a voice coming in um and and, and also uh you know uh some sometimes when uh, young people uh, come to me uh, with the complaints of hearing voices they will say that oh when they are waking up in the morning they hear voices or around the time of going to bed they can they can hear the voices as somebody is calling their name and that can be absolutely normal mm. so it is it is not very unusual that uh, when when we are going to sleep and kind of drifting in and out of sleep that uh, we we can hear something somebody is calling our name and and, and a lot of people mm. have that uh, especially when you are living with family if you feel that oh your mom is calling your name or something yeah, like that right. and 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 same thing happens when so so that's called hypnogogic Mm. Uh, uh, hallucination. Just throwing out all the big words. That's, that's a good word. I yeah, like did that. You, did, have you heard that one before, Aaron? <laughs> I, I, maybe. Hypnogogi. It reminds me of Korean food for some reason. Oh, no, that's, yeah. that's bulgogi. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah that I'm is like, that's I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hypnogogic uh, <laughs> hallucinations, that means uh, going to sleep. So, you know, that's the easy way to remember it. Hypnogogic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, going yeah. to sleep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then uh, sometimes people complain of hearing voices when when they are waking up half mm. asleep, just trying to wake up uh, and and that's called hypnopompic hal- hallucination. When you're waking up is okay, pompic. All right, all right. Yeah. right. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> so, uh so, you know, sometimes uh, uh uh the voices can be normal and uh, mm. you know uh, and and a lot of us uh, uh, might uh, uh, once in a while experience these these things uh, but that doesn't uh, mean that uh, you know it is it is pathological or mm. uh, it is a sign of schizophrenia yeah i mean, i've heard heard it said before that it's actually quite common for everyone at some point in their life to hear a voice at some point yeah, some, yeah 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 part of yeah human experience doesn't necessarily mean it's an illness yeah yeah definitely yeah. definitely interesting yeah. cool that's good one what's the next yeah. topic what were we going to talk about just here i think we would um one one thing i guess i um yeah i was thinking would be quite useful for us to maybe have a bit of a chat about would be um i guess i guess we kind of touched on the prognosis of of psychosis in um in individuals um and i guess i wanted to know a bit more about what contributes to greater outcomes and so the greater 
um, prognosis in um, in psychosis. You mentioned, um, I guess, you know, early early intervention of, of medications and stuff like that. But is are there, are there other things that um, yeah. that can contribute to that that greater prognosis also? Yes. Uh, again, that is a very very good question, and uh, uh, you know we uh, we know that earlier you start treating psychosis and schizophrenia, the prognosis is better. Uh, also, we know that uh, if if it is first episode of psychosis, then the advice is that you treat that episode of psychosis or schizophrenia. And once they have recovered, you should continue on the same medication at the same dose for the next two years, at least. Right. Okay. Okay. Then only you should start gradually tapering off medication to see whether uh, symptoms come back or not. Because mm. what we know from research that if you continue the medication at the same dose, the mm. same medication for the next two years, and then you stop it, uh, the, the chances are much less that the person will have another relapse of mm. schizophrenia. So it's a, long, it's a long road to recovery. It's like a, yeah. yeah. Mm. Also, what we know that uh, the, the very important thing that plays role in uh, in relapse of schizophrenia mm. is uh, high expressed emotions okay so uh, that's why family therapy uh, is is uh, one of the uh, you know main uh, psychological therapy that uh, uh, that uh, that we recommend uh, oh. and and by that what i mean that uh, you know if if we live in a in a family and if somebody is suffering from uh, schizophrenia and if there, there is high expressed emotion in the family, then it increases the risk mm. of further uh, relapses. And family therapy can teach the family mm. how not to, uh, uh, how to control their, uh, you know, those high expressed emotions, yeah. whether it is critical or whether it is to, uh, you know, uh, either emotion in, 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 in either poles, if, mm. if I can say yeah. So it sounds like it's it's very much around how can we um, alleviate some of the the environment around yeah. the, the person. So um, yeah, you know, families can be can be quite um, chaotic and stressful at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, family therapy can help out to to make make that a little bit more, um, yeah, less stressful. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know the other uh, very usual things that, uh, 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 for example, if uh, if the person uh, is very com- is compliant with medications and attends the regular appointments you know that is again uh, a very positive factor that uh, the person is going to do better uh, mm. if the person doesn't uh, drink a lot of alcohol doesn't uh, take drugs that is another uh, uh, prognostic factor that that uh, the prognosis is going to be mm. better yeah. uh, if the person is involved in some sort of work uh, or some sort of vocation so again, that is uh, uh, that is a good prognostic factor. If the person is, uh, for example, in a relationship, in a stable relationship, uh, uh, then that is again uh, uh, a good prognostic uh, factor. Yeah. So so there are quite a mm. uh, few few things that mm. uh, that uh, can kind of uh, 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 help to make sure that uh, uh, that the the prognosis is good. Yeah, because I think initially approaching psychosis when I was first learning about it, it felt very intangible and amorphous and like how do you even go about um, dealing with it but there are lots of I guess 
tangible concrete things that can mm. be done steps you take i mean it's a long process and it's a challenging one but there are clear steps things that you can do to improve the outcomes over time yeah um that yeah that like recovery is a thing that is possible i suppose is yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, maybe i would like to mention mm. it uh, uh, at this stage that yeah. uh, you know in mental health we we know uh, that uh, about s- people become non compliant of medications in about 60 to 70% of cases mm. so oh, yeah. right. a huge amount of our patients who are prescribed medications they they become non compliant uh, and there could be multiple factors uh, multiple reasons behind that one thing is that maybe people do not want to take medication every day or maybe they do not want uh, to be seen as they have got mental illness and that's why they need medications or they they might uh, 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 they might think that uh, if i'm taking medication that is a sign of weakness and so on and so yeah, forth yeah and i like worry about um the potential side effects of taking medication yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, so non compliance is is rife in in mental health and that is uh, you know one of the most important factors uh, that uh, uh, that kind of uh, mm, makes people to relapse again mm. yeah uh, and 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 that's why you know it is it is very very important that uh, uh, if you have any side effects or if you want to come off medication uh, or if you want any change in medication uh, please please go to your gp or mm. go to your psychiatrist and be open with them that uh, that what what you want and uh, and, uh, and and have an open discussion with them that uh, uh, why why you want medication decreased or changed or stopped and so on and so forth and and all the psychiatrists and gps have seen patients uh, uh, maybe hundreds of times if not not thousands mm-hmm. and uh, they will be more than willing to to help you uh, or help answer your questions and in whatever uh, ways they they can help you in terms of medications mm. yeah and i think some uh, something that i've personally maybe observed in my time working in mental health is that um sometimes there's a disconnect between um what the psychiatrist thinks is going to be in the best interests of the patient what the patient wants to do um and obviously a a mental health act makes it very clear that you know it's um, the patient gets to decide you know what mm. therapy is going to be um they want to engage with um you know to the extent of them being you know safe and um, yeah. other people being safe um but yeah i guess the the consequence of that is they have that freedom but also that means they have the freedom to um i guess remain unwell to mm. some extent if that's their choice um and so sometimes that can be a direct choice of they don't like what the medication does to them and so they mm-hmm. ra- they'd rather not take it mm. or maybe um the illness is having some kind of impairment on their judgment and so yeah when they when they are well they do want to take it but when they relapse they are less mm. like wanting to take it i guess we can't we like can't that. force people to take their medications can we no yeah, yeah. and and we also know that uh, uh, if people are willing mm. if people decide themselves to 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 continue with a therapy and intervention a treatment program including medication then we know that that is going to work long term yeah rather than you know something being being forced on mm. on on them yeah absolutely and uh, we know that uh, you know like any other medications 
psychiatric medications have also got some side effects and uh, and sometimes uh, 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 side effects are such that people find it very difficult to talk about for example uh, sexual side effects mm. uh, and uh, you know patient can be very very embarrassed to talk about this thing mm. to to the doctor yeah. or, uh, or or their case manager the nurses mm. uh, but uh, uh, is adamant that they want to either change the medication or stop the medication so yeah. so you know you, you you can see that uh, uh, that uh, it's a kind of uh, collaborative work that uh, that as health professionals we have to do with our our patients to make sure that uh, uh, that uh, that what we are doing is in the patient's best interest and uh, and always involving patient in in that uh, kind of collaborative discussion and decision making yeah because i guess the risk if you're just like this is the medi- medication that'll remove this particular symptom but you don't consider what the other impacts of taking that medication might have on them like you know like you, you can't just say this is the answer now you figure it out because all all these other things are going to affect where this person is not only going to perceive the effect as a ben- a net benefit in the end yeah um but also whether they're going to listen to you or take the medication or res- mm-hmm. like you know if they don't feel like you have their whole the whole picture in mind if or if you're just like i just want to get rid of this symptom because that's my job that kind of thing that's not yeah that's not really being very holistic or like yeah. really treating so, the patients so yeah it all yeah. comes down to that Concerned. that you treat a person not uh, the symptoms mm. Uh, mm, right. yeah or not a just particular illness mm. you you treat the person as a whole yeah and uh, you know for example there is a young man uh, married maybe uh, they, they as a couple they want to try for a baby and start a family and things like that and if, they, if there is sexual side effects you know it it it, it is uh, it, it, it is it is very very difficult for them yeah. for example uh, a young woman she she wants to get pregnant but uh, she doesn't want medication to have any effect on her baby that's why maybe she wants to stop medication 2 3 months before they start trying for the baby and uh, maybe she doesn't want to take medication for the duration of pregnancy or maybe after that because uh, she wants to breast 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 mm. breastfeed and she's worried that uh, maybe medication will will uh, the uh, will come in in the breast milk so you know these are the are the issues that uh, uh, again uh, these are very very important issues that uh, we uh, invariably needs to need to take into account when uh, when when we are dealing with patients and and taking their individual circumstances uh, into account mm. and uh, and only then uh, will we be able to uh, kind of help our our patients to uh, in in their road to recovery yeah mm. right That's yeah fantastic fantastic examples there of um of reasons why maybe yes yeah, some, someone might not want to comply with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know treating treating it on an individual case by case sort of basis um, is you know just so important when uh, when working in mental health yeah the word comply almost like in thinking about it almost kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's like yeah. it's, it's like it's not like you're you're like a enforcement agent <laughs> trying to make them mm. take medication they're not complying with your demands it's mm. it's them making a decision about whether the medication is going to be helpful for them at yeah. this time and so maybe you have some expert knowledge that maybe they don't. And so mm. you're trying to help them make an informed decision. Mm. Um, and so if you're not doing your job well, they may make a decision that is not informed or maybe not in their best interest purely because they don't feel comfortable talking with you about it or it's things that 
you you don't understand about their life or they don't understand mm. about the medication or the impacts that it might have. Mm. So without that communication, they're not going to be able to make the best decision that they can. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think like a good example of where like compliance would maybe be more of an appropriate word would be um, Aaron, you, Yo. you must comply <laughs> with um, giving that beer you just drank a <laughs> bloody good review. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> no, 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 I'll give it an impartial review. Don't you worry. Yeah. Completely fair and Phoebe. Hey. Yeah, no good. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, look, I think we've been we've been we've been talking for a for for quite some time now, and and look, I I, I don't know about you, Aaron, but I, I actually reckon we could we could sit here and talk with a jit all night. Um, but um, that would that would make for quite a um, a long podcast. Quite a long podcast, <laughs> and um, I'm not sure I could I could just look at the rest of that six pack and not drink it if we were going to do that. Um, so. Could be worthwhile, maybe, um, wrap it, wrapping up there on the on the discussion and, and getting yeah, to the yeah. most important part of the podcast, and that is the the beer review. Um, now, right. as as Aaron indicated at the start, when we when we cracked these beers, um, mm. he seems to think that I probably am going to rate this beer a little bit too favourably, um, and uh, I think I'd accuse Aaron of the opposite that he's going to rate this one far too harshly. So You're I being think, very unfair, Jesse. I'm sorry. Very unfair. Well, yeah, I think a, JIT, a JIT's um, review of this beer is probably where it's going to come down. So yes. um, Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so, Ajit, mm-hmm. what did you think? This is your first time having a VB. Yeah. This is yeah. It's probably as Australian as a beer can get. Yeah, so it's the first so, time I'm yeah. having a beer in Australia. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. First time oh, what? <laughs> what? That's oh. incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. What a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so honoured. Yeah. The, the real question is, would you drink another one? Yes, definitely. Yes. Definitely. Oh, okay. Good right. Definitely. Like you know, uh, because uh, when, when uh, uh, I first came, uh, 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 you know, I was a sceptical, not, not uh, especially about VB, but uh, about uh, Australian beer itself. Oh, right. You know, because... Uh, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, it differs from country to country. Yeah. I uh, I drank uh, uh, beer in in the UK, and you get used to some sort of taste, and uh, yeah, and then sure, yeah. then you come to the new place, and and uh, uh, and you don't know what to expect. Hmm. So so I was uh, a bit skeptical, but uh, uh, I'm I have to say that I'm pleasantly surprised, and oh, uh, and uh, I would be happy to drink uh, uh, VB another time. Oh, very good! Wow, <laughs> I like that. Out of five, we, we yes. need an out of five rating. Maybe uh, four, four point two five something. Ooh, that's pretty good. I like, I like that. I like the specificity. Yes, that is too. that is very good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good rating. Yeah. Thank you. Very good yes. Rating. Um, when I was when I was drinking this, I was thinking. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't want to be too biased. Um, I, d- I do enjoy a good a good VB. This is very serious. Um, this yeah. is very serious Aaron, journalism. Uh, Aaron has <laughs> has heard me talk about VB uh, on many occasions, and you, you probably have too. <laughs> uh, I don't hide my my love for the for the VB. Um, but I was thinking, I was actually thinking around about a four point two five when I when I was when yeah. I was drinking this. Um, and <laughs> you really? Yeah, I actually was. I was like, how can I rate this because um, it's it's not a five for me. Um, and 
I was thinking, yeah, anywhere around like that 4.25 to 4.5 mark would 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 do it for me on the VB. It, it is a drink I do very much enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I I mean I I would give this a 2.5. Get out. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, folks, that was the last episode of uh, no, no, Beer no. Supervision. You, you, uh, you misunderstand. You misunderstand. 2.5 is exactly average, see, because it's, it's halfway between 0 and 5, right? So that, that is my rating scale. Wait, wait, 2.5 so you... isn't bad. It's an average beer. Isn't that, that's, 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 that's all right. This is pretty fair. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jesse is not impressed and at all. <laughs> if it's 2.5 out of 2.5, then I'm pretty pretty happy with okay, that one. Yeah, right? that's fair. No, <laughs> yeah, look, I was actually expecting a much lower review no, no, no. Of, the, of the VB. VB, for the record, it's not a bad beer. It's a beer mm. that I would drink, for mm. sure. A 2.5 beer is a beer that I would drink. Yeah. I, I feel but like... I wouldn't like recommend to someone. I would just be like, it is a beer yeah. that people drink and that's fine. I feel like <laughs> VB is a very misunderstood beer. Mm. Um, I, I think a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, unfairly criticize VB. Uh, <laughs> this is getting <laughs> well, this really is, deep. This, this is this Jesse, is the most insightful wow. content I've come out with uh, throughout any episode we've done on the podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> were joking about this being like the most important part of the podcast, but I think I think this might actually be Jesse's uh, most passionate. Uh, this, is, this is it. <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned it. I think it was an episode or so ago. If it was up to me, we'd just talk about beers the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, very misunderstood beer. Um, and I'm glad that you appreciate the VB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you no, feel like nice. VB is um, oppressed by like cultural prejudice? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you know, oh, you drink a VB, you, <laughs> you you're a bit of a bogan, and you um and you know maybe you have a mullet. And yeah, you know, my question to people with that criticism is, what's wrong with having a mullet and being <laughs> a bogan? <laughs> tell them, tell them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we're bringing down the class system here at BA Supervision. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that has been great. Very exciting. Thank you very much, Ajit, for yes. being on the podcast with us. Very really insightful appreciate the insight. guest. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, I just want to uh, say a couple of sentences to, yeah. to, to, to the people who are listening. That, mm. uh, uh, that if ever you are suffering from any mental illnesses, please, please go and seek help. Because we have got uh, you know a lot of treatment available for, mm. for mental illnesses. And... Uh, and uh, uh, and we can help in in many different ways. Yeah. So people do not have to suffer in in silence. Mm. Uh, uh, so so please please go and talk to your uh, doctor or your nurse or your psychiatrist uh, and uh, help them to help you mm. and uh, and and seek help uh, uh, and. Uh, and 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 we the services are all there to to help you as much as uh, we can. Thank you, and uh, an excellent way to end. Yeah, very good note to end on. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see everyone. Uh, we will see you next week. No, you will listen to us next week <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Amazing. Yeah, that was <laughs> an ec- that was such a smooth end yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I really nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome. Um, yeah, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Yeah, if you could leave a rating on uh, iTunes, that'd yeah. be sick, and yeah. we can uh, read a few more out next week. Yeah, less awesome. proposals. Um, more proposals. No, please. Jess, Jess, Jesse needs a wedding. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Now we're going to listen down. Good. All right. <laughs>
Goodbye, everyone. See ya. See ya. <laughs>
the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. We record every two weeks, often with guests from the mental health field. If you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would really help us out. Or share it with someone who might find it helpful. If you'd like to contact us with feedback or questions, or even just to say hi, definitely do at bsupervisionpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find Beer Supervision on Facebook and Twitter. Our opinions are our own, the beers we drink are chosen just by us, and we don't receive any sponsorships. We'll see you next time.